What is going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. How's everyone doing this week? How's your Wednesday? How's your hump day? It is the 17th, and on today's podcast, we'll talk a little soccer, a little Premier League soccer, and uh, things are finally in my life. I know that a lot of you don't care, but things are just like finally kind of getting back to normal. You know, we were dealing with some stuff last week with my dog, and I just, I can't concentrate when things like that are happening, you know? Um, And plus, she got into some trash. I felt guilty. So it's just like, I feel like I'm kind of finally getting back to normal. We're finally, you know, on our regular work schedule again and everything like that. So thanks for dealing with the the nonsense that may have been the last couple days. And we are kind of back and ready to go with everything. So uh, either way, on today's show, like I said, it's Premier League Wednesday. So what we'll do is we'll uh, just take a quick look around, look at some interesting things of note the last week um, that I have written down. And then we'll also take a look at the promotion and relegation picture. Who is, who is it looking like uh, is going to be sent down from the Premier League this year? We're not going to spend too much time on the, the EFL and the second tier of English soccer and who's going to be coming up. We'll talk about that on another show. But today we will focus on the relegation. Who's going to be sent down this year from the Premier League? Special thanks to Better Edge, online betteredge.com, one of the best new places for everyone out there to start making sports bets. And the reason is, well, there's many reasons, but the main reason is they don't charge a VIG. So in uh let's let's say, you know, if, if it's a minus one ten sport and it's basketball, and you have to pay, obviously, the spread's minus three, okay? The spread is minus three, minus one ten. Well, if you want the underdog. You can get them plus three, but you got to pay minus 110. Not at betteredge.com. You're paying even money for most of these bets, and it's it's truly amazing. I mean, as a sports better, this is something I've been looking for for years. And whether you are a pro or whether you just like to bet occasionally, you can start saving money immediately by using Better Edge. So check them out today, betteredge.com. Uh, B-E-T-T-O-R, like better, sports better, betteredge.com, and use promo code SHARP. That's SHARP with a P. That's going to get you 10 free dollars in your account. So just sign up and, and use the free 10 bucks, which is, by the way, rollover free. If you hate it, fine. If you don't like it, that's fine. But something tells me you're going to love the process and you're going to love betting vig free. Try them out today, betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, promo code SHARP. All right, so lately in the Premier League, and, and by the way, I've always said Premier League, but I heard an interview a couple weeks ago with, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, it's it, She does the the morning shows. Come on now. Tyler, Premier League morning show host. What is her name? Rebecca Lowe. Rebecca Lowe. She was on, uh, I think it was the Dan Patrick Show. And she was talking about how it's uh, <laughs> Americans don't say it right. It's not the Premier League. It's the Premier League, right? You don't have to say it with the accent, but the Premier League. I think it's just the emphasis is on the other syllable. So the Premier League. Anyway, um, some news this week from the Premier League. Uh, first of all, a lot of questioning about the offside rule. I don't know if you guys have read about this, uh, but there's been a lot of momentum recently to change the offside rule back to how it used to be. And I just have a quick opinion on this. Um, For those who don't know, the offside rule was changed to a company VAR standards. So the new uh, uh, video assistant replay, 
I think that's what it stands for. The, or either way, uh, the VAR is the video assistance. So now what they do is if they're if the the side judge, the line judge thinks that there's an offsides, they'll wait generally to hold their flag up to signify offsides. And because if they're wrong, the goal will still stand, right? If they signal offsides before anything happens, they may be canceling a goal if they were wrong about the offsides call. So now they just wait. They say offsides later. If it's close, they'll go review it and see if it was offsides or not. Well, due to this, you know, delayed flag raising, what's happened is players are more exposed to injury. And... Uh, the Wolverhampton Wanderers goalie a couple days ago, who's one of the better goalies in the league, uh, uh, Patricio, uh, for the Wolves, he got hurt. And it was against Liverpool. It was on one of these continuation plays. And, I mean, it was a, a nasty injury. And I think Liverpool actually ended up scoring at the end of that play. So there was talk after the game from staff members of both teams from media members about changing this offsides rule back. And I just have, like I said, my opinion on it. So I think that what they're doing right now with video assistance and with the, the, the slight tweaking of the rules, I think it's great for the sport. Now I will say I'm slightly new to the premier league. I became a, I, I became familiar with this league five years ago or so, so you know, when I kind of started really betting sports seriously professionally and I learned about hockey, I learned about soccer and got to know these sports. So I'm fairly new with this compared to people who've been watching it their entire lives in the UK or even in America. So there is a bit of the, it's kind of like Major League Baseball. You know, a lot of these old timers in Major League Baseball, they don't want to change the rules. They want to keep the human element in. They don't want to alter things. Why? Well, that's because it's always been that way, because that's the way it's always been, right? And they don't want to mess with tradition. So it's the same thing in soccer. There's a lot of these traditionalists who don't want to keep tweaking the game and changing the game. They love soccer in its purest form as it used to be. But me, as a newer fan, I'm all about updating these rules. I think VAR is a great thing. And by the way, if you're bitter because you lost some money because of a VAR call and your guy was offsides by a couple inches and you had a goal taken off the board, you're going to have just as many of those go your way that don't. You know, that's a 50-50 thing. You're going to get just as many breaks as you get bad breaks. So don't worry about that kind of stuff. But overall, I think it's a good thing. You know, VAR has helped get things more accurate, get things more more precise. And the, the, the idea of players being more exposed for injury as a result, that's just a byproduct of it. You know, if you let the players play, there's going to be more injuries. That's a natural thing that's going to happen. Is it unfortunate? Yes, it's unfortunate, but that's a byproduct of what the better rule is. So my opinion, the offside rule should not be changed at all. Move forward with it as it is now and even update it, change it, make it better, but don't go back to how it was. Uh, another uh, kind of interesting piece of news, there's just a lot of scheduling issues this year, you know, uh, in the Premier League. And we're starting to see it mess with Europa because Europa's coming down to it. Same with the Champions League. I mean, it's the final stretch for a lot of these teams. There's not that many games left. And what's happening is it's running into some problems with scheduling for Premier League. Also, I mean, La Liga, Serie A, I mean, a lot of these international leagues as well, or, or you know, leagues across the of Europe as well. But... Uh, you know, I, I just think that this should be expected. Managers need to be able to deal with these kind of things. You're seeing some injuries, too. I don't think the injury for uh, Son for Tottenham, I don't think that, that was necessarily schedule-based. But now he probably won't play for South Korea. 
And it's not just Europa and, and, and the Champions League that are affected. It's international play. You know, so there's a lot that's being impacted this year in soccer because of COVID. And it's just, you know, how does it impact handicapping? We'll see what happens to the schedule. We'll be on top of that. So stay tuned next couple weeks. And as these schedules change and morph and develop a little bit, it will give us opportunities that maybe the market's not catching on, that, that picking up on for us to, to, to bet and, and, and bet into profitably. So, um, you know, stay tuned next couple weeks. And also on that note, I don't know how many more Premier League shows we're going to have left. You know, probably six or seven. It's It ends, I think, at the end of May. And then Wednesdays on this uh, podcast will be for baseball. But, you know, we don't have that many shows left. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of hopefully, some opportunity coming up here to, to take advantage of some things to end the season. But either way, I just thought it was interesting. You know, it's different for every team. But uh, there's a lot of changes right now for the, for the scheduling. And I think that in the next week or two, we can find a lot of edges and a lot of angles to attack if we pay attention to that. So stay tuned next couple of weeks. Scheduling could provide us some opportunities. All right, let's get to the relegation picture in the Premier League. Uh, currently, the bottom three teams, uh, Sheffield United is in last place, West Brom second to last, and Fulham is in 18th. Uh, Sheffield... Doesn't look like they're going to catch up to anybody right now. They've got 14 points. And right now, the relegation zone, like like the cutoff, Fulham is in is in 18th uh, with 26. And then Newcastle is 17th. That's like the demarcation right there. Newcastle stays in. Fulham goes out. Newcastle's got 28 points. So only two-point difference there. So, you know, Sheffield's already 12 points back of Fulham. And they have nine games left to play. It's 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 looking bleak to say the least for Sheffield. So looking like like they're going down next year. Same with West Brom. I don't think they have near the quality to. I mean, look, they they've won three games in twenty nine attempts. I don't think they're gonna flip the switch all of a sudden and, and 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 start winning some games. So I think West Brom and Sheffield, we can pretty much you know count on them going down. It's all about Fulham, and I'd still in my power rankings, I still have Fulham. Pretty far behind Newcastle, Brighton, Burnley, Southampton. And I don't think we should include Wolves, Leeds, even though it's a pretty smooth transition up to those teams. I think we should just include up to Southampton. Now, we'll talk about those teams. So Southampton's 14th. They've got 33 points. Fulham, 18th, has 26 points. Okay, So there's... What uh, seven points in between those teams, and you know, so that there's not a lot separating them. But if you talk about Southampton and Burnley, who are in 14th and 15th, it's not a huge concern. You know, I think that right now they're both healthy. They're both playing. You know, Southampton actually needs to find a way to get some points out of their their schedule coming up. But I think that they won't have much issue doing that. They've got. Uh, the Tottenham game is canceled. So they've got, oh, Southampton actually hosts Burnley on uh, the 4th. That's going to be a great one on April 4th. But then they go uh, on the road to West Brom. They should get at least a point there. Uh, they host Crystal Palace. They should get at least a point after that. You know, then they've got uh, Leicester, Liverpool. That's going to be tough. But then Fulham and Leeds. I mean, so given the schedule that Southampton has, no real cause for concern. Uh, Burnley is 
still underrated in the market. I'm betting Burnley all the time because I disagree with where the market has them. So I don't think Burnley has anything to worry about. And Brighton, you know, you talk about it's so funny. Brighton is to me so close to being like a, a, a top ten team. I mean, they could be as good as a Crystal Palace or, or even you know maybe like an Arsenal or Aston Villa this year. I, I really believe that, but it, they just. They find these times during the games to play their worst at the most inopportune moments. You know, Brighton is not that bad. You look at their last couple of games, they, they're losing 2-1 to Leicester City. They lost one nothing on the road to, to West Brom. That was a, not a good loss. They lost 2-1 to Crystal. They drew against Aston Villa. All of those games, they were right there. You look at the expected goals, the expected outcomes. Like, Brighton is not this bad. And so... But but the funny thing is, unlike Burnley, who I think is you know way I I disagree with the market entirely on Burnley. It's funny the market actually agrees with me on Brighton. You know Brighton's not cheap. They're way down there. They're sixteenth. They're three points away from relegation, but they're actually not cheap at all for teams who are usually down there. So it's funny. Burnley, I completely disagree with the market. You know they they they're very cheap in my eyes often. But I look at Brighton. And they're, you know, the market's like, no, Brighton is is a much better team than their record says. So um, the market agrees with me there. Newcastle is in 17th. They are two points clear of Fulham. And Newcastle would be my concern. If there would be one team who would kind of flip with the teams who are currently in the relegation zone and, and be relegated, I do think it would be Newcastle. You know, I, I have question marks about Steve Bruce. I have question marks about their depth. I, I don't think their strikers are anywhere near as good as the their fans or their their staff thought they would be coming into the season. And by the way, Colin Wilson is not. I mean, I thought I expected so many better things this year from him. You know, he came over from uh, AFC Bournemouth. You know, gets his a chance to stay in the Premier League, and he's not done a lot this year at all. So Newcastle would be the one team that I may have some concerns with, but let's take a look at their schedule. Yeah, they go on the road against Brighton. Oh, that's actually going to be a really interesting game. That's in three days. Yeah, see, see, here's my point, okay? In, uh, in three days, Newcastle travels to Brighton. These teams, as we just said, in the, uh, in the standings are... Really close to one another. Newcastle 17th, Brighton 16th. They're one point away from each other. Uh, Brighton at home is minus 161. And to give you an idea, if these teams are equal, Brighton would be around plus 115. So you can see the market's like, no, Brighton is a clearly better team than Newcastle. And so it's just funny to see that, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people may disagree with that. I, I agree with that price completely. So it is about Newcastle, you know, and uh, oh, we were going to take a look at their schedule. Um, yeah, so they've got uh, Brighton uh, in a couple days. Huge matchup. Then they host Tottenham. Going to be tough. Then they go on the road to Burnley. Going to be tough. West Ham at home. Going to be tough. Newcastle, Arsenal, Leicester. Things are not going to be easy for, for Newcastle. They're going to have to fight and and claw their way to to stay in this league. I believe that. So it's about it's going to come down to Newcastle-Fulham. It's going to be a fun race. Let's see what Fulham's schedule looks like to finish things up. Yeah, they host Leeds. Then they've got Aston Villa on the road. Two games they can get some points out of. They've got the Wolves, Arsenal. So let's see, which elite teams they have left? They have Chelsea on 
let's see, was it May 1st? They've got Chelsea, and they've got Man U on May 15th. Besides that, wow. So when you just take into account the schedule, maybe Fulham should have the edge. You know, I mentioned, what was it, last week or so, the futures market and fading Fulham on that. But look, they've done such a good job. I think they've lost two of their last eight games. Okay, so they're they're playing very well. Uh, they're uh, Steve Scott Parker. He is learned them. This is this is a lesson. This should be a lesson to all of these teams out there who hire a young uh, manager. Things start to go south, and he's fired. They're starting over. It's like you got to give these young guys time to work, and that's what's happening with with Scott Parker and Fulham. He's learned that team well. You know, he's growing with them, and they're getting better. You can see them getting better week to week. Uh, unlike some of these other teams we talked about in uh, Sheffield and uh, West Brom, but Fulham, you know, you combine with how they've been playing, you, you combine how they've been playing with this schedule, and it's going to be a neck and neck race right now with them in Newcastle. So maybe give me a little bit of time today and tomorrow to do some math and come up with a a nice line for that. We can test it with some futures markets, but. That's going to be a great race. So that that's the you know the two teams that I would focus on right now. If you're looking at the relegation battle, West Brom, Sheffield probably going to go down. All these other teams who are in the mix in terms of Brighton, Burnley, Southampton, I have really no concern. Those three teams will find a way out. It's all about Newcastle and that difficult schedule, and then uh, and then Fulham. So that's that's going to be really fun, really interesting. We can quickly take a look at the championship. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time here, but we can let you guys know what the current table looks like. All right. So uh, first place, it looks like Norwich is going to come up for sure. They've got seven points on the next team, and they actually have a game in, in hand. So they have one game left to play to catch up. So uh, Norwich probably going to finish one. If they don't, I'd be very surprised if they slid back to number two. But remember, the top two teams from the EFL advance and get promoted to the Premier League. Okay? Automatically. The top two teams. Then teams three, four, five, and six have a four-team playoff for the final remaining slot to get promoted. So you want to finish first or second. Don't even worry about it. Right now, Norwich number one, they should finish there. And there's a bit of a battle for number two. It's going to be either Watford, Swansea, or Brentford. Now, I think Brentford is going to do what Brentford does, where they have an amazing start to the season. They're in first place for a lot of the year, and then they crumble. This is what the Bees do. I trust them to do that again. So I'm not going to take Brentford to finish second. I think it's going to be Watford or Swansea. I wouldn't be surprised if it was either one of those. I'm not going to pick one right now, but one of those two should finish second. And I believe whoever doesn't finish second between Watford and Swansea will win the tournament between the four teams. Now, the four teams right now would be Swansea, Brentford, Reading, and Barnsley. Reading and Barnsley have had great great seasons. I mean, both teams have far exceeded expectation. I mean, they're both looking great, both offensively and defensively. Reading started the season with that great defensive run, and then they started to, you know, maybe give in a couple goals, and people are questioning, but then they turned on the offense, and now they, they're keeping up, and they're treading water, and it's just like all these... I thought Bournemouth would clearly be in this conversation. I'm not so sure it's not going to be these four teams. I mean, Barnsley had... a couple of huge wins recently. They beat Bournemouth 3-2 last time out. You know, they've won, what, 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, they've won nine. They've won eight of their last nine games. They are red hot right now. So I don't want to just jump on the bandwagon because they're on fire, but I think they are that good to keep this up for the remainder of the season. Now, remember, there's a few more games in the EFL. There are, each team plays 42 games and they've played 36, 37 so far. So even though they're playing more games, they're further along in the season uh, so each team only has about you know eight eight games or so left, seven or eight games left. So things are going to be fun to see what happens and how it ends in the EFL. But right now Norwich definitely coming up, and uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's going to be a race to see because anything can happen at this point. You know, at Watford, they're they're second right now. They shouldn't get comfortable. If for some reason they slide down to third, they could easily lose one of those couple games in the in the tournament and be stuck in a championship for another year. So these few weeks are important in the EFL for promotion as well. All right, that does it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Whatever you guys have going on today, tonight, uh, good luck. This has been the Sharp Angle Podcast.